Welcome back to Garfonomics, the world's best official, unofficial Garfield-based economics and politics podcast. I have scoured the ends of the earth and I've finally done it. I have found a, a real life woman to come on the podcast. And not only is it any woman, but an anthropology expert, a resident science expert in anthropology to talk to you today about the weird history between or behind alternative Garfield and all those weird Garfield Twitter accounts that you may or may not have seen out there in the internet. Welcome to the podcast, Anthropology Expert. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, I got to say, it's a pleasure to have you here. We've, we've had this in planning for a while. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's finally happening. It's here. Um, how much do you, do you know a lot about the kind of like weird Garfield subculture out there on the internet? Yeah, so maybe not like everything, but when I think of it, one of the first things I think of is this weird channel on YouTube. You've probably seen it where the guy reenacts like scenes from Garfield comics, but then he like goes off and like makes a music video out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's Lasagna Cat, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't think of the name off the top of my head, but. Yeah, you know, that was that's actually interesting because I was trying to um I was trying to like get at the source of like the weird Garfield subculture and my my hunch, my current working theory is that it stems from possibly Lasagna Cat like all the way back because the earliest uh Garfield Twitter like meme Garfield Twitter page that I could find on Twitter was back in 2014. Um, but it was like a lone account and there, there wasn't really any other accounts like it. So I, I kind of think it's maybe like a one-off thing. Um, but the earliest like instance of like weird Garfield that it, at least in like a pop culture sense is Lasagna Cat. And that started yeah. back in like 2007, I think. Yeah, I was going to say it was like 2008 or something like that when the the first video has come out. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I was like that that's my current hunch. I think Yeah. I think no, Zonya really Cat's behind all of this. Yeah, like the the not so normal or typical Garfield like fans. Right. The um you know, it's interesting. I think you were talking to me a little bit before we started recording about how um, there's been like, you've noticed like a resurgence in like Garfield merch and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, just I'm starting to see it not so much in person, but online, especially on places like like AliExpress. They've got lots of weird stuff because they can sell like stuff with people's art. And so it's like weird Garfield, like fan art. <laughs> yeah. um, I see stuff on Instagram, but, and I know a lot of people that are alternative that like, I know a bunch of people with weird Garfield tattoos and it just kind of seemed like out of nowhere the past, for me, the past like year or two, like, I started to really notice like, oh, people are liking Garfield again. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I, that, um, that's interesting because when I was looking at, uh, like, uh, satirical Garfield Twitter accounts, so I mentioned the like earliest one I could find was like back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, but the vast majority of them, like the, the big ones, like, um, yeah, um, the earliest, like those, the majority of them started around like 2018, 2019. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just the like ever like evolving meme culture and just trying to find something and like something. A lot of it, I think, is like stuff from our childhood and just kind of like using it as like a symbol of like weird like millennial and Gen Z like thoughts. Like I see a lot of like nihilistic Garfield and um you like, know what I mean? Yeah, like anarchist Garfield and stuff yeah. like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I see it. I see a ton of stuff like that. Like, like kind of like propaganda. It cool propaganda. Like yeah, is, like trendy. Coolest. Like it's yeah. exactly. <laughs> this is the hippest propaganda I've ever been exposed to. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I always loved. I've always loved Garfield, and it's really weird to me that it it all just started to pop up again, but I'm happy because I, I'm always, I've always like been a fan and always looking for Garfield stuff. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh good. But now there's competition to, uh, to buy it, you know? Oh yeah. Well, didn't the, uh, didn't like the intellectual property, didn't that got it? I think Garfield and everything got bought up like pause Inc got bought up by Viacom like last year or something. Oh yeah, you're right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I I still don't know. Like I every time I get this like worrying suspicion, I'm like <laughs> I'm building a podcast based off of like copyrighted and intellectual oh, property, no. and like I I think that when it like Jim Davis was still at the helm like 2019 and prior, like it you can kind of get away with it. But now that like Viacom owns it, I'm kind of like yeah. <laughs> like. Am I going to get in trouble? Yeah. Get banned legally. Get a cease and desist. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That'd be kind of an awesome one to get though. Like a Garfield one. Oh dude. No. If I got a Garfield cease and desist letter, I would frame it. I was going to say, hang it up on the wall. Yeah. That would be such an accomplishment. It would be. I would, I would like point to it. Anytime anybody came over (laughs) to my house, I'd be like, check this out. True Garfield fans have the cease and desist. Yeah, only real Garfield fans have the cease and desist. <laughs> um, but no, like I uh, kind of like what you were saying with like the propaganda. Um, it's interesting because it's also usually when we talk about propaganda, especially, um, you know, nowadays, kind of post 90s, we're all or, you know, the majority of the world is living under this sort of um neoliberal sort of free market capitalism new world order kind of deal uh and in that system uh traditionally we've seen like the past 30 years or so uh propaganda usually exists to support those sort of underlying structures so the forces oh yeah yeah so like usually the forces behind uh propaganda in our in our current system are forces like large corporations yeah i was gonna say like big pharma 
Yeah, exactly. So like usually that's where we're getting our propaganda from. But with the the weird like satirical Garfield propaganda, it's like there's no company like doing this. There's no nothing. It's like it's kind of counterculture like instead. Yeah, exactly. It's like propaganda by like just normal people for like just weird uh, alternative things like uh, communism or something. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I thought that was super interesting. Um, yeah. And I think that's one reason why like younger people are kind of drawn to it too, because, you know, we're, you know, quote unquote, the woke generations. And I guess we just like it because it's against all of that. We grow up like learning like, oh, uh, you know, our country is run by like five big corporations and stuff. So having something like against it, even just like communism in general, like is kind of like a thing. A lot of young people, even if they don't really know like what it entails they're like oh yeah i like that because it's against <laughs> all of these other things and against all this stuff that i hate exactly no i you i think you're exactly right because i think that um you know even when i was uh younger and I, I i i was like still kind of figuring out what i wanted to do i i hadn't um i hadn't yet started to like study economics like in school or anything yet so like I didn't know when I like heard communism, but like if I saw, I would see like a funny like Garfield. I would see like a funny cartoon cat, like an antiquated cartoon, saying like "Eat the rich" and like communism is cool. I'd be like, "Damn, dude, that's cool!" Like I don't know what communism yeah. is, but <laughs> it seems pretty. Seems if pretty. If Garfield fun, likes man. it, then I like it. Yeah, and it makes me kind of wonder, like, if it was any other character. How would it play out? Because Garfield, you know, he's he's kind of relatable. He's he's lazy, you know. He kind of says what you want to say in certain situations, but you don't. So it just makes me wonder if it was, like, Snoopy or something. I feel like it wouldn't <laughs> have really, like, gone off that way. No, I don't think so. I think it had to be Garfield. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it, it just it's had like to be Like a working class, kind of. Yeah, he's a working class icon. Um, who do you think John stands for? What is the metaphor of John? If Garfield I think John is just, I think he's just like the, the idiot, like sheep person that just kind of <laughs> follows and does whatever. Yeah, I can see that. John kind of has that. Ah, man, I was talking with somebody else about this, but I don't, I don't know what Odie is supposed to be. Like, he doesn't even have thoughts. He just kind of. And he's supposed to be children. Who haven't like developed their uh they haven't like developed enough to really like make a good decision like what they believe in like with economics and stuff. <laughs> Maybe Odie is a uh, a symbol of innocence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like before you learn like the truth about all these companies and Yeah, before you become jaded like Garfield. Yep, before you learn that the government is evil and you learn, <laughs> hey, America is not the greatest place. Yeah. Or like when, like what you were saying earlier about how your economics like kind of filtered out like other systems. That makes me think of just the, I mean, the education system in America in general. But like when you think about learning history 
we focus so much on our own history and we barely touch upon like world history or, you know. 100%. Like you, and and this isn't to say like, that's always the case. Like you're always going to have, sometimes you're going to have like one class or something where maybe you, you get to delve into other things. But for the most part, I feel like for most of our um, educational experiences, we, are just taught things that support the way that things are right now. Mm -hmm. You're never taught anything. You're never in history. You're never taught any form of history that um, lends itself to thinking that the way things are right now maybe shouldn't be Mm -hmm. or that there's a way to change them or anything like that. Just that the world as it is now is the way that it is. And here's the cool history and science that backs up everything that it is so don't try to change anything don't don't think anything different yeah that makes me that just reminds me of that's one of the big reasons that i chose to study anthropology is i always really liked history but i didn't want to teach and i actually wanted to do something with history instead of just like saying you know teaching kids like about the past and with anthropology you you definitely look at you know you look at different issues different people uh different we we talk about different economic systems and stuff like worldwide and talk about like why certain things can be wrong or why things that we might think are wrong uh may be right to other people and that it's okay for it to be both and i just i wish that anthropology was taught in more public schools instead of it being something you have to pursue. I don't know. I think about that a lot. Yeah. Because it teaches you, the biggest thing with anthropology is it teaches you a different mindset, like a different way of looking at things and analyzing. Like you can take whatever anthropology classes, but that's what you're going to get out of it. And that's what's most important like learning to view things a certain way. I feel like the way public schools teach and stuff anyways, like you don't get a lot out of them. And I don't know. I th- I just think at least like one anthropology class would be cool. At least let people know like what's out there and it not seem like a really foreign concept. It's kind of funny how like, uh, you know, it's a big meme in like uh, Republican spaces or like conservative spaces that like, I don't know, college turns kids into Marxists or something. (laughs) And it's like, that was so funny. Like, oh, all these educated people think this way. Oh, they must be wrong. Yeah. Well, it's also just like funny because it's like, if, if the meme is that college is supposed to like turn people into Marxists or something, like colleges are doing a really shitty job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're doing an awful job of doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think a single one of my classes in uh, both undergrad and grad school uh, was even mildly like left-leaning at all. Um, and to think left-leaning, especially in a, uh, in a finance class or an economics class, was to be uh, just chastised by the professor. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's always been kind of a funny meme to me because yeah, you're right. Like education system should be more rounded. You should be exposed to new things, but it's just so, 
I don't know, kind of laughable how narrow it is and how it is just a form of propaganda. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to teach you stuff, but we're going to teach you like the stuff that we want you to think is good and normal. Yeah. Yeah. Or it also makes me laugh to think like, oh, well, maybe college students like turn more left leaning, maybe because college is so expensive and to go to college, you have to do, uh, you have to like jump through so many hoops and it's just so like, I don't know. It just really is difficult and it makes you see, Oh my God, the world isn't as uh, like black and white as we thought. It's, it's hard to go to college and afford it and have to work dur during it. And I don't know. I think maybe it just kind of opens people's eyes uh, to the world outside of their family yeah, I 100. I that made sense. But. <laughs> yeah, no, it did. I I think that uh, you know, maybe the meme comes from like, yeah, maybe college kids do kind of turn left. Uh, but like, maybe that's less about what's being taught in the classes and more about uh, I can't afford rent. I'm going into like forty thousand dollars in debt to go to college because that's what society's been telling me to do. And it's uh, just like a joke too. It's like, oh, that's oh, I missed college days when I had no money and just being yeah. a woman. Like, and it's so normalized. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I became a little leftist because I, I was a borderline homeless alcoholic for like four years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, on the subject, though, bringing it back to kind of like weird Garfield, um, I was thinking about kind of like the time spans. So like my current theory is that like Lasagna Cat sort of started the interest like back in 2007 for like a weird Garfield subculture. But um, do you, you remember like the I'm sorry, John memes and stuff? Like oh, that? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So <clears throat> the, uh, there's actually like a really popular like subreddit for that kind of stuff. Oh it's, yeah. I think I follow it. Okay. <laughs> Dope. Yeah. No, I do too, because it's hilarious. But like I checked out, uh, when that subreddit was made because I noticed on Twitter that the, the like vast majority of these accounts were started around 2018, 2019. Um, the I'm sorry, John subreddit was, was created in 2018. So I'm not sure if it was the I'm sorry, John phenomena itself, or if there was something that happened in 2018 that sort of caused this weird Garfield resurgence. And with it resurging in the year 2018, it, it just became like memefied to death. Yeah. Now I want to go like look up like when all those like communist Garfield ones, like when they started like going like the way back machine or something. Oh yeah. Well, let me see. Let me pull it up. Because uh, the like the first like communist Garfield one that I remember was Karl Garfs, like Karl Marx, but you know. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. No, that one started in February of 2019. Wow. I guess time is just so confusing these days that everything seems so far away. It does. I was actually, I was talking with my, my wife about that. We were talking about, uh, 
Um, something that happened like pre COVID, like something that happened this spring. And it was just so weird. I was like, that was this year. (laughs) That feels like so long ago. I feel like I've been, you know, wearing a mask and kind of like plague simulatoring my life for ever. Yeah. It, it really feels like it's been like three years or something. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a slow, I don't know. Do you ever get like apocalypse vibes from that? Oh, more so at the beginning. Um, at the beginning, it was more kind of thrilling and exciting right at first. And then it just, it's just been like a slow burn since then. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember like hearing about it in like, uh, I think probably on Reddit or maybe somebody mentioned it to me at work or something. Uh, and I, I, I was just like, oh yeah, crazy new virus, whatever. Like here comes the memes. Um, but then like, it started to just like the news stories didn't stop. Yeah, and then, the reality uh, hit. Yeah, well, the most real moment for me was um, uh, at work. One day we were at work, and the very next day we all get a call, and we're told, "Don't don't come in the office today." Yeah, you're actually not allowed in the office. Like your security badge isn't going to work anymore, and. It's yeah. just crazy. Like, I just remember, like, my stomach sinking and being like, this is a real thing. Yeah. I yeah. just remember being, at first, like, we all kind of, it's like what, yeah, what you were saying, like, oh, it was very far away. It was news stories. Oh, it was in China. Mm. But then it just kept getting worse. It made me think <laughs> about, like, when Trump was getting elected. Uh, that feeling like, oh, he'll never win. And then oh, it kept getting yeah. closer. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was weird. It was just like, this is a huge joke. And like, here come the here come the jokes. And like, it the joke just never stopped. Yeah. <laughs> that, there was no punchline. You no, know, we were the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, like in, in some instances like that kind of stuff is inevitable right like yeah we were gonna have like a donald trump president like eventually it was just gonna happen like with the current way that things are um and then like with the coronavirus stuff it's like well yeah we do we have like crazy antibiotics and stuff and we do this like crazy industrial farming which is just like breeding super bugs and it's like well this is mm-hmm. this was gonna happen eventually you know yeah and each country does things differently too so there's so many like opportunities for something like weird like that to happen exactly and it's there's just so like, many of us <laughs> there's so many we're too strong we're too strong for our own good um, yeah. i don't know i i don't know but i've been getting like I've been getting like real big like apocalypse vibes and uh I saw something on um on TikTok actually. Do you have TikTok? Yeah, I love TikTok. Oh, I fucking love TikTok. It's the best. It's great. It's I like gr- to watch cats on there mostly, but yes. Oh hell yeah. I watch monkey videos a lot. Oh, I just like any animal one that pops up. Uh but like yeah, I was watching TikTok and uh I this video came up of these like do you know what Extinction Rebellion is? No, it sounds interesting. What is it? It's like this um, this group of 
like political, like it's a politically charged like group that's focused on like environmentalism. Oh, Um, okay. And uh, it was just like a few of them and they're wearing these like red, these like dour, like red gothic like robes. They look like monks or like sorcerers or something. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, but they're like wearing these robes and they're like walking around just like this um, this like city or something and they're like swinging <laughs> back and forth like incense and like chanting and stuff. And they're like... That's Gregorian. It, yeah, it was like very Gregorian. And uh, they were like mourning the earth because it, it's almost like they've gone from this sort of like... Uh, kind of aggressive direct action like fighting against like uh, mm-hmm. damage to the environment to an almost kind of like giving up like yeah. they're like it's over like the environment is dead and now we're just gonna mourn it you know yeah. and it was like really weird and like it makes me feel really sad yes it made me feel really sad and it was also like super like kind of culty <laughs> Yeah. And I just got like mad apocalypse vibes from it. I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) No, that's super interesting. I I don't know if I told you, but my focus with anthropology was environmentalism and sustainability. So I'm really surprised I haven't heard of that group. But now I want to like go research and be like, hey, (laughs) yeah, I would love to like interview them or something. I don't know. I would too, actually. Like I... I, uh, they're, they're kind of like a smaller group. They're pretty niche, but, um, yeah, I think they're like big enough. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, profit motivated apocalypse. Here we come, baby. Like we're, we're coming down to the end. Um, it was like a cool, like 30 year experiment with like neoliberalism, you know? It just like resulted in like the dying earth, but it was it was a pretty cool ride. Yeah. It does feel just very what's the right right word for it? I mean it does. It feels like the world is in a state of mourning, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've been noticing lately. Like it feels like I very think, solemn. Yes, yes. There's like a um yeah, you're right, like a solemnness. I, I think that uh, maybe in 2016, um, and again, kind of this past election cycle, which before Biden got the nomination, I think that, um, you know, like Bernie Sanders, you remember he was running for- uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was he, real big into Bernie. I, I mean, was, I still am, but- yeah, I think we all still are. Like, yeah. Um, but it's like one of those things where like, I kind of think that was maybe- Maybe sadly, that was like the last like hope. That was like the last hopeful thing to like kind of like, um, yeah. I don't know, salvage things. And then once I Bernie, agree, yeah. And then once Bernie lost for the second time, I feel like everybody and like everybody I know is just kind of in this state of mourning, where we're like, okay, well, that was it. There's no saving this system. It needs to just. We just need to start over because there's no way (laughs) he was, it felt like he was the only person who could have maybe kind of flipped us around and yeah. Uh, But 
like, I think that all that like insurgence of like actual like leftists, like actual like anarchists and communists and like syndicalists and these kinds of, um, you know, these kinds of economic systems that young people are starting to, to grasp for um, as an alternative to what we have now, because what we have now is just failing us. Uh, I, I think that the pivotal time for that was 2016, mm-hmm. you know, the, cause you had, it was such a theater of politics. You know what I mean? It was such a, a drama. It was, you yeah. had three different ideals presented mm-hmm. and it was, you know, you had the Bernie Sanders, which was kind of like the, well, let's try to make things better. Let's try to salvage capitalism. Let's try to salvage this economic system and, and try to reform. Let's create this almost, almost kind of like a new deal too. Let's, yeah. let's do that. And then um, you had the, um, you know, the Hillary Clinton character <laughs> who, uh, you know, who was just oh, like, no. Uh, no, everything's fine. Uh, the house is not on fire. Pokemon, uh, go to the polls. Pokemon, go to the polls and support <laughs> the system that is ruining your life. And then you had, uh, you know, Donald Trump, who's this like big, doofy, idiotic, like criminal, like businessman <laughs> who's like, oh, yeah, no, capitalism is great. Like it's it's worked so good for me. I fucked over so many people. How could it be bad? And when you so you had the obviously like good option. And then, you know, two obviously bad options. And I think a lot of young people, when they saw what happened and all the forces worked together, like the media, the, uh, you know, all these kinds of machines coming together to get rid of the only good option. I think that honestly radicalized a lot of young people. Yeah. And it also being for a lot of people, the first time that they were able to vote. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because for me, I mean, I had voted in city elections, and um, my mom always taught us to, you know, just vote for everything that we can. Always go vote. Yeah. And so, you know, I remember vote. I voted for Bernie in the primary, and I was I actually felt good about my vote. And then, yeah. you know, when Hillary came through and, you know, ruined that, I just was devastated. I was like, Wow. I just felt like my vote was worthless then. Yeah. I don't think I would have called myself a leftist until after 2016. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I think 2016, like something in my brain just broke. And I was like, yeah, this is not, this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just seeing that there were other options was like, oh, I don't have to pick just between these two. Yeah, I thought it was so weird when um, I remember in like the first uh, primary debates, um, Bernie had gotten up there and he started saying things like, nope, actually, uh, your salary is paid by this pharmaceutical company. That That is my excellent Bernie. That's my excellent no, that Bernard. Was was it? Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm not too bad. Uh, but we've just been working on that, you know, a couple hours a day for the past eight years <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's kind of interesting to think about 
Definitely. I don't know. Maybe that's where all these like weird Garfield things are coming from. Oh yeah, this is a Garfield. <laughs> yeah, this is a Garfield podcast, by the way. Um, yeah. But like, I don't know. Maybe that's where it comes from. It's just like this collective. Um, oh, meme. see now, now you're gonna make me want to talk about because I do metaphysical stuff, and I believe that there is a big astrological shift. Oh, I would. I would that, love to hear about this, actually. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember all the technical stuff. I'm I'm only, like, I'm into astrology, but I'm not super advanced. Mm-hmm. But we're go- we've been going through another shift this year, too. And, you know, we'll go through these astrological shifts, and they always coincide with big events, like World War One, World War Two. We had some, and... I don't, I mean, it depends if you believe in it. And I do. I believe that um, the astrological stuff, actually, I, th- I think it can impact us all in a way, even if it's not, like, like physically, like, impacting us. I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I started talking <laughs> about that. No, 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 no. You're, you're fine. Like, I, I get exactly what you're saying, though, like, there's these big astrological shifts or um, events that are kind of causing, uh, or maybe not causing, but at least coinciding with these larger like world events. Yeah, exactly. It might not be physically causing them, but it just so happens. So it really makes you wonder. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. I've always been interested in, um, sort of metaphysical stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, like 100% a, a believer in any of it, but I do find it just as a subject very fascinating. Yeah, and that's yeah. totally fine, too. <laughs> so I guess that's a wrap. I don't really have anything else to talk about, uh, unless you do. Um, no, I think that's good. I mean, we, we've kind of gone over, like, every subject humanly possible we have we have in this this episode alone we've talked about every single uh (laughs) topic known to the human brain yeah this is actually the podcast episode that uh you know no no dmt needed just listen to this one exactly you don't need to talk to machine elves you just need to listen no space elves. <laughs> yeah. No space elves, no DNT, just no Garfield. God. No God. <laughs> Garfonomics is your God now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we've done it. Yeah. Uh, we've done it all. We've done it all. It's Nobody will. Shut, <laughs> Shut it down. Shut I'll it do, down. I'm going to call up God real quick and tell him to turn the lights off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's over. Lock the door. Lock the door, closing time. Um, but yeah, this has been the world's best official, unofficial Garfield-based economics, politics, spirituality, tattoo, art podcast. Uh, this has been my guest, my our resident anthropology expert. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on today. Thanks. It's been great. <laughs>